0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website Christadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good afternoon to you all. Thank you all for coming. It's lovely to uh, be with you again. So it's just a short miracle this isn't it and uh, I suppose if you were just to read that (laughs) just pick it out and read it it would be difficult to understand so we need to look at the background some background don't we what about the fig tree let's have a look at the fig tree because it's there isn't it uh, throughout the Bible throughout our scriptures God compares Israel to a fig tree I was just uh, thinking while I was singing that hymn if if God's people would sing that and listen to the words and heed the words of that hymn surely it would be a different uh, story but there it is Um, so Israel is then compared to a fig tree to understand the thought in mind and to realise the full significance to us of this comparison we have to understand something of the way in which a fig tree bears fruit it is a natural pattern which God has chosen to serve his purpose and bring home a lesson for us the fig tree can have two crops of fruit in the course of a year after the the harvest in the autumn the tree blossoms And bears fruit which hangs through the winter, ripening in the spring. This is referred to in Scripture as, in some of the prophets, as the first ripe fruit to which God compares Israel, which comes, as it says, at her first time. After this came a further fruiting in the summer. However, as we see from the tree of this miracle, The fig tree is rather prone to bear a mass of foliage and leaves, but no fruit. And if it failed to bear fruit, it was dug about and manured. Should this treatment prove unsuccessful, the husbandman would wait until the summer, when the sap had run down and the tree was dry. And then he would cut it down, collect the brushwood and build a fire on the stump and then after the spring rain the spring rains a vigorous young shoot would spring forth from the old root and this with careful husbandry would bring forth fruit job spoke of the fig tree and said for there is hope of a tree if it be cut down that it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. The first New Testament use uh, from a chronological point of view is, uh, is Jesus' parable of the barren fig tree. It's recorded in Luke uh, chapter 13. And uh, verse uh, 6 to 9 Here we have a man who had a fig tree planted in his vineyard For three successive years he came seeking fruit But all in vain So he discussed the problem with the keeper of his vineyard And suggested that the fig fig tree should be cut down because it was taking up valuable space the keeper however asked for one further year of opportunity in which he would dig round the tree and fertilize it if it still failed to produce fruit then the owner could cut it down the parable finishes at the point where there is still time for the tree to produce some fruit but with the time of opportunity fast running out the meaning of the parable is easily seen when it is accepted that the fig tree is the symbol of the nation of Israel three years earlier John the Baptist had used similar language when warning the leaders of the Jews of the very serious situation they were now in that the prophet of God was standing before them he said brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance and even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees and therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire there is in this parable and and in the words of John the Baptist a solitary lesson for us that we must respond to God's word by being fruitful rather than barren That we must be doers of the word, as the Apostle James says, and not hearers only. It is the Apostle Peter that lists a number of fruits that we should aim to produce in our lives. We'll have a look at that one, 2 Peter chapter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter one and verse five. He's been speaking about these great and precious promises that have been given. In verse four, it says that these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse five says, "And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge." Unto knowledge, temperance. Unto temperance, patience. Unto patience, godliness. Unto godliness, brotherly kindness. Unto brotherly kindness, charity. Or love, as we learnt this morning. And verse 8 goes on, doesn't it, to say, For if all these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the figure used by Almighty God opens out to us, doesn't it? We see the nation bearing fruit in its early days, the fruit of righteousness given to their God. It's there, isn't it? In the the testimony of uh, the closing chapter of Joshua, Joshua says, and it says there, and Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that over Joshua lived. it's one of the wonderful stories of comfort from the word of God that is found in the consideration of the nation of Israel Israel is in fact symbolized by three different types of trees in the Bible the olive tree the vine and and the fig tree there's a bit of homework for you if you read Jeremiah chapter 24 that speaks uh, so much about uh, Israel uh, from the prophet Israel was God's chosen people. Centuries before the birth of the the Lord Jesus, Abraham was called out from among the nations and given great and precious promises. He was told that his descendants would inherit all the land of Canaan, the, the promised land. Their history has been filled, as we know, with highs and lows, They received all of the blessings and the cursings that were prophesied by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 28. They went from slavery in Egypt to a glorious kingdom in the days of David and Solomon. Then they were overthrown and scattered for their wrongdoing and their sins. And because of their continual disobedience to God's laws and commands... They were subjected to many hardships and punishments. But fortunately the story does have a happy ending. Almighty God has promised that he, he would not make a full end of his people. He promised to bring them back to their own land again. And would comfort them. The prophets are full of words and comfort. Concerning this future joy of Israel. Isaiah 51 says. The Lord will surely comfort Zion. And will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden. Her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and sound, and the sound of singing. And Isaiah 40 says. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord, Lord's hand double for all her sins. It's the Apostle Paul moving to the New Testament. He was raised, wasn't he, in the Jewish religion. He was converted to a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ after that very dramatic visit of the Lord on his way to Damascus. And after his conversion, as we know, he became very zealous for the gospel. He was confident in the faith and not afraid to speak out concerning his new belief. And he said, didn't he, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And it's interesting that Paul did not view his new hope in Christ as as all that different from the faith that he had learned as a Jew. Paul was placed in bonds and in prison for preaching the gospel of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ in his captivity he spoke the words written which is, a, which is a quote from Acts 28 it's for the hope of Israel it says I am bound with this chain Paul's experiences teach us that the New Testament hope for the followers of Christ is simply an extension of the original hope of Israel which is outland, outlined in the, the Old Testament Those promises that were made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the Old Testament are the same promises that are the hope for the servants of God today. And it's for this reason that we all should consider the entire Bible as the scriptures of truth. We can learn much about the gospel message in the Old Testament. Paul told Timothy didn't he that these Old Testament scriptures were given by the inspiration of God and they were, they were profitable for both teaching and instruction in righteousness the Old Testament scriptures are they're filled with information about the hope of Israel this was the, the apostles hope and it certainly should be ours and what was that promise, that wonderful promise as the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 37 says and I say unto them thus saith the Lord God behold I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen whither they be gone and I will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land and I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel and one king shall be a king to them all and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. And so it is with our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, after he had been risen from the dead, Jesus met with his disciples, and uh, they asked him, when shall these things be?" And his reply was significant. He did not uh, deny that it was his intention. To restore the kingdom of Israel. After all he was born to be the king of Israel. He simply told them. It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons. The father has set by his, his own authority. Israel will be restored. And Jerusalem will become the city of the great king. The fig tree nation. As we know, they're restored in their own land, aren't they? It's blossoming now, and soon all these things will be fulfilled. And so, the Lord Jesus, our Master, told us that we will not know the exact date of His coming. However, there are many clues, aren't there, of the general time period when He, he will return. The Lord Jesus Christ. And the apostles taught us, didn't they, to watch and pray, to be ready always, for when you think not, the Son of Man will come. And when we look at the history of the nation of Israel, we understand that they were a special people. God chose them and gave them many precious promises. They were to be a kingdom of priests and a an holy nation. Along with the promise of blessings, there was also responsibility. God expected them to follow his commandments and to glorify his name in the earth, but unfortunately they failed many times and were punished for their wrongdoing. and so we come to our parable in acts um, matthew chapter twenty one and as with uh, anything that's happened during Jesus' ministry my first, first port of call is A Life of Jesus by Melford Perkus. it's uh, a wonderful book and it brings out all the uh, you know what really happened it's, it's a lovely uh, book so I'm not going to read from the, the verses we've read, I'm going to read from Brother Melvin Perkis' book on this uh, particular miracle. He says how Jesus uh, spent the night in Bethany. He was on his way back to Jerusalem, as it says. We have no means of telling. We do not know that the. We do know that the previous day had one, uh, been one of intense emotion. We know too that similar experiences had been followed by a night of prayer he was on his way back to Jerusalem with his disciples before the morning sun had risen over the hills of Moab and he hungered this seems to suggest that his night too had been spent on some lonely hill under the starry sky moreover the incident that occurred on this short journey to the city showed that his mind was still Uh, full of that vision of Jerusalem that had rung from his lips and the cry of mingled pleading and judgment the day before and dare we lift the veil enough to perceive a night of intercession for his people as Moses Moses had interceded in the past can we see the sequel to the unfinished parable of the barren fig tree the husbandman pleading with the owner of the vineyard for the preservation of the unfruitful tree for another year a further opportunity of digging, dunging and careful tending is it possible to interpret in his subsequent actions the irrevocable answer of his father that there can be no reprieve from the sentence Israel had brought upon herself she will refuse her messiah she will pay the ultimate penalty. The scene which Jesus had envisaged from the hill above the city will move from prophecy into reality and pass on into history taking its place in the great purpose of God. In some sheltered spot by the roadside a fig tree attracted the attention of Jesus as it must have drawn the wandering eyes of many travellers on their way to the Passover at that time of the year fig trees were normally without either fruit or leaves the sight suited his purpose well for it presented him with the opportunity of giving a practical illustration of the, the parable of the barren fig tree and of completing a picture which had been left in waiting The time of figs was not yet. They appeared before the leaves. He was a fig tree which made great boast of itself, challenging those who passed by to behold from the richness of its foliage, the succulence of its fruit. Yet accepting the invitation, the hungry wayfarer was doomed to disappointment. For in spite of its lofty pretensions this tree was no better than the other trees. Its fault lay not in so much as in its barrenness as in its empty promises. No more penetrating picture of Israel can be imagined than that afforded by the sheltered tree. With its abundance of green leaves stirring gently in the morning air. Nor can we confine the picture to natural Israel. It must ever be a challenge to Israel after the Spirit also. The richness of the promise must be supported by the abundance of the fruit. The disciples were startled to hear their master addressing the fig tree as though it were an animate being. Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth for ever. Night had probably fallen before they passed the spot on their return to Bethany, and it was not until the following morning that they saw the effect of these words of Jesus. Then they looked with amazement upon the withered tree, its stark branches raised in in unavailing gesticulation to the heavens. Master, cried Peter, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Yet for the time, the lesson was lost upon them. They would see this incident in its true light later on, and then they would understand. There were those who would live to witness the final rebellion of an overburdened nation and see the withering effect of the military might of Rome. But for the moment, they saw only the power of Christ upon the fig tree and were impressed by the deed and not the motive Jesus knowing that the time of understanding would come forbore to correct the mistaken emphasis he told them again as he had told them often before that such works of power were the result of perfect faith and with the smallest faith they could overcome the greatest obstacles And so it was when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a young donkey at the beginning of his last week's ministry. He stayed each night at the home of friends in Bethany. And it's there on one of his journeys that this miracle occurred. The action of Jesus has been the subject of some criticism. But that is not our problem at the moment more to the point what does this incident mean the fig tree by the wayside as we have looked at earlier is the symbol of the nation of Israel Jesus had come to his people expecting fruit or at least the signs of fruit of the harvest for the harvest in reality this means he was looking for a people awaiting his coming a people who demonstrated good characters God fearing and honest instead there was arrogance pride and a preoccupation with making money in the temple rather than worshipping God the tree of Israel was already dried up from the roots and ready to pass away and this was of course what Jesus predicted in the subsequent Mount Olivet prophecy Jesus spoke many parables to the people. Parables tended to be taken from natural life that would illustrate a spiritual lesson. The Mount Olivet prophecy, as we've said, is in Luke Luke chapter 21. there Jesus says doesn't he look at the fig tree the first person to get the verse where it says that behold 29 it says I've forgotten to put the verse down and he spake to them a parable does not he behold the fig tree and all the trees when they sprout leaves you can see for yourself and know that summer is near even so when you see these things happening you know that the kingdom of God is near this parable is important because to us because it relates directly to the time when God's kingdom will be on the earth and what signs was Jesus telling us to consider to understand his parable we have looked at haven't we the fig tree representing Israel and And trees were often used weren't they. To represent a king or a nation. (coughs) Many times. Romans chapter 11. Speak of a a wild olive tree. And a, a good olive tree. The good tree representing Israel. And the wild tree was a symbol of. Other nations. We believe that Jesus taught his. This parable of the fig tree. To show us. That when the nation of Israel. Begins to bud Again. The kingdom of God will hear, will be near. Israel, as we know, has returned to their own land. They are, they are a people, they were a people that were scattered throughout the earth. But God has brought them back to their country and formed them into a, a prosperous nation. After centuries of wandering, the rebirth of the fig tree nation is our sign that God is ready to send Jesus back to the earth. Israel has blossomed even as the fig tree buds in the spring, and we know that God's kingdom will be established, and this uh, the earth will be filled with his glory. It's also there in luke twenty one verse uh, we look at verse twenty it speaks there doesn't it of when we see Jerusalem compassed about with armies we know that its desolation is near for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled these predictions were fulfilled less than 30 years afterwards when the Roman soldiers attacked the city and the dispersion of the Jews began the parable was spoken by Jesus wasn't he, and given towards the end of our Lord's predictions about the destruction of Jerusalem and his own second coming verse 27 says and then shall they see the power the son of man coming in a, in a cloud with power and great glory And when ye see these things begin to come to pass. Then look up and lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. And we can be therefore reasonably reasonably confident. That whatever the growth of the fig tree represents. It is a sign of the imminent second coming of the Lord Jesus. And when the nation of Israel revives from death. When its development is strong and this is accompanied by many other nation states proclaiming their independence we can be assured that the second coming of Jesus is near and yet the time is coming when this fig tree will suffer destruction again before the actual appearance of the Lord Jesus and the establishment of the kingdom of God many of the Bible prophets speak about this time when Israel will be restored to their land when sudden destruction will come the coming of Jesus will be an event which will change the world it will introduce the reign of the, the Lord Jesus Christ as King. Beginning in Jerusalem. His kingdom will stretch throughout all nations. And bring peace and goodness. There will be physically, physical changes as well. Throughout the Bible we have pictures of the coming kingdom. The desert will be cultivated. And streams of water will allow agriculture to uh, blossom in the desert famine and poverty and all the problems the associated problems we see on the earth at this present time will be abolished and so the fig tree as we have learnt is one of the national emblems of Israel and we know that the state of Israel has been resurrected the fig tree of the parable has come to life it is shooting forth with leaves and life and we therefore know that the pruning of the tree uh, is to take place. To bring forth fruits to repentance. But what of us. In the meantime we need to prepare ourselves so that we will be ready. For when the master returns to the earth. And following his detail the comments about his second coming. He was most insistent that his hearers and readers should watch. As it says in uh, Luke 21. He says. uh, Tells his uh, listeners to watch and read us. In case they should find themselves asleep. Verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always. That ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. That shall come to pass. And to stand before the son of man. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe, and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.